Hi, I'm your host Savina and welcome to another episode of The Sinister Subcontinent, the haunted home of South Asian horror. Insert evil laugh, but it's too embarrassed to do the evil laugh, but maybe that will come with time. Welcome again to the Sinister Subcontinent, and more specifically to part two of our Haunted Hotspot series. Before I get into anything related to today's episode, I just wanted to sincerely apologise for the delay in the episode being published. I also just wanted to explain the delay in getting this out. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been working on front-loading episodes to avoid any delays in future episodes being published. And just experiment a little with the way in which I record to try and put out the best possible version of my weed podcast. So I do really appreciate your patience. Today we'll be delving into three locations. We are heading to Karachi, again, Sheikhpura, located in Punjab, not too far from Lahore, and then we're going down to Hyderabad, which isn't too far from Karachi. Before I start telling you about what's going on in those three places, it's time for today's movie review. Just a quick little side note, the Sinister Subcontinent Instagram page will also have a little highlight feature that has all the movies that I review along with their scores. You know, if you ever need some movie inspo, you know exactly where to go. It's the Sinister Subcontinent Instagram page, just in case that wasn't obvious. So for today's movie review, we are talking about a 2009 horror called The Unborn. The Unborn has a solid 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and wait for it, a really solid 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Can I just say, I do think that's really unfair for this movie. It wasn't that bad. I'll give a quick synopsis of the movie, and then anyone who doesn't want any spoilers can skip ahead, and I'll go into a little bit more detail. The Unborn is based on a university student, Casey Belden, who randomly begins to have some really creepy nightmares and seeing some disturbing things. Mainly this creepy AF looking little boy, honestly, the stuff of nightmares. I don't blame her for being scared, because if I seen this wee guy appearing in my bedroom at night, I'd want to throw him or myself out the window. So Casey is being haunted by these dreams and visions, and then the colour of one of her eyes begins to change in her eyes. She goes to the optician, who plants a bit of a seed in her head by asking if she has a twin. She comes home and she finds out from her father that she did indeed have a twin who died in the room. And this is who Casey believes she's been haunted by. The spirit of her unborn brother. Casey sets out on a journey to get to the bottom of what's going on and rid herself of this spirit that has attached itself to her. Okay, so that was a bit of a blurb, quick overview type of thing. Pretty spoiler free because you find out everything that I've told you pretty quick into the movie. But let me go into a bit more detail. So we left it at Casey trying to find out why this creepy wee boy is haunting her and her finding out she had a twin brother. We also learn that Casey doesn't have a mum and that her mum's death relates to a psychological or a mental disorder. We see a flashback of her mum visibly distressed and when the camera pans round to her face, her mum actually has the same issue with her eye too. Twinsies. After finding out about her twin and that her parents kept a secret from her, she begins to look through some old photos, documents and find that her mum kept a newspaper article about a woman called Sophie Cosma. Casey and her friend Romy go to visit Sophie Cosma in an old people's home. Casey asks Sophie if she knew her mum and shows her a photo. Sophie has a bit of a bitch flip, as her friend put it, and tells them to leave. 
Casey confesses to her friend about what she's been saying and what she found out and that she's worried that she'll also end up like her mum. Fast forward a little bit, Sophie calls her back to the home and begins telling her that she actually does know Casey's mum and that, in fact, she is actually Casey's grandmother. Sophie explains that the kid that's haunting Casey is actually her own brother who died in Auschwitz and came back to life, but not quite as himself. Sophie tells Casey about the concept of a dubbock, a malicious possessing spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person. Casey is told that she needs to get rid of the dubbock that's attached itself to her and reaches out to a rabbi for help. And surprise, surprise, she needs an exorcism. So, if you want to know what happens next to Casey, and whether or not she gets rid of this creepy wee boy that's fallen her about, you'll need to give it a watch. But, let me tell you about my likes and dislikes. So, what did I like? There are some pretty good jump scares. If you've listened to the last episode, you'll know that that's a bit of me. I love a good jump scare. So, if you're looking for just a good old jumpy horror movie to watch, then this is probably quite a good one. There are some really creepy scenes involving children and old people and that just makes it ten times worse. A bit of a spoiler, but there's a scene where an old man bends backwards onto all fours, his head twists round, and all in all, it's just not a very pretty sight. Gave me a couple of nightmares for a few days after, I can't lie. I also found it quite interesting learning about something paranormal from another culture. We learn that the Dybbuk is from the Jewish culture and how they go about getting around it and getting rid of it. How factually accurate it is, I'm not sure, but it was pretty interesting nonetheless. Right, what did I not like? There's always something, isn't there? See the main character, Casey? She has this really whiny voice and oh my goodness, I just couldn't move past it and it just made it a bit difficult to watch, I can't lie. But what can you do about her voice? Not much. I don't think any of the characters are actually that likeable. Casey is a bit annoying. Her boyfriend, also a bit annoying. Her best friend, mm, she's just, yeah, a bit annoying. Maybe it's me. Am I the problem here? Mm, The acting, it's not great. I'm not America's next top actress, but I think I probably could have done a better job than we Casey over here. (laughs) Anyway, what would I rate this movie? Maybe 2.5 out of 5? Yeah, let's go with 2.5 out of 5. I think that's fair. I did pick this movie because it does hold a little bit of sentimental value, if a horror movie can do that. It is one of the first horror movies that I went to go and watch at the cinema with my friends. And we were a little bit underage, I think it was a 15 and we were maybe 14. And we were hatching a plan on the way there of how we're going to sneak in. And we were really worried about not getting in and not looking like we were old enough to be watching it. But anyway, The Unborn, two and a half out of five for me. And if you give it a watch, let me know what you think. Okay, so we have three haunted hotspots to talk about today. So let's get into it. Since we just finished our movie review, maybe a good place to start is the Shireen Cinema in Karachi. Shireen Cinema is located in the north of Karachi and first opened in 2006, so it really wasn't that long ago. However, the cinema only had a successful run of about 10 years as the cinema closed in circa 2016. There isn't really much else to it in terms of the history of the building itself, but let's get into what's been happening there. I actually do find cinemas quite creepy, especially when you're leaving the screen hall and there's no one left. I get proper horror movie vibes. Learning about Shireen Cinema has just added to that. Hauntings have included reports of viewers in the audience seeing shadows passing behind the screen when watching a movie. Security guards at the site also reported that they'd often hear the sound of cackling and laughing as though there were witches in the building. 
They also reported hearing the sounds of children and their footsteps running along the rows within the cinema screen. Staff members of the cinema also claimed that movies, especially horror movies, would just start playing themselves even when there was no one there to play them. Instances were reported of there being a house full showing of a specific movie during which the movie randomly switched to a horror one and the viewers started seeing shadows moving around the walls. One person reported going to see a movie at Shireen Cinema quite late at night. The movie had finished and the cinema hall had near enough emptied. The individual suddenly heard the sound of gushing water coming from the toilets. He went to go and see where the water was coming from and couldn't find anything. He couldn't find the source of the sound of the water. When he went out into the corridor, he seen a ghost-looking child running from one end of the corridor to the other. The individual was convinced that this wasn't an ordinary child because of the speed he was running from one end of the corridor to the other. It's also been reported that a security guard was found dead within the cinema hall with no apparent reason as to what had happened and it was deemed that he had committed suicide. Given all the reports of everything going on, visitor numbers at the cinema began to dwindle and the cinema was closed for a short period of time. However, following its opening, two days later another security guard was found dead. Eventually, the cinema was closed for good and demolished. Like I said, cinemas do creep me out a bit. I absolutely hate being the last one to leave the screen because I just think they look so eerie. I am not that doubtful about the stories and what was happening at the cinema. They sound pretty likely to me. Can you imagine going to the cinema? You're sitting chilling watching Frozen or something and all of a sudden it changes to like Saw and all you see is Jigsaw's face. Nah, not the one. I'd be asking for a refund and making a swift exit. Actually, I probably wouldn't even hang about for the refund. Okay, so let's move across to Sheikhpura Fort, which sits in the city of Sheikhpura in Punjab. Sheikhpura Fort is a Mughal-era fort which is estimated to have been built in 1607, so it's pretty freaking old then, and therefore lots of history to talk about. The fort was built during the reign of Emperor Jahangir. Jahangir was the fourth Mughal emperor who ruled from 1605 until his death in 1627. The fort underwent some drastic changes during the Sikh era, with numerous buildings being constructed around it, featuring Sikh-era paintings. In 1808, the fort was conquered by six-year-old son of Maharaja Ranjit Singh, Prince Garak Singh. I'm not going to lie, if this is true, it's pretty impressive and he should be welcome to the fort because when I was six years old, I was struggling to colour within the lines of a colouring in book, never mind conquering cities. The fort was granted to the wife of the Maharaja and the mother of the prince. She played a key role in rehabilitating the palace and remained in the palace until her death in 1838. In the mid-19th century, power turned to the British Raj and in August 1847, the resident of the British government in Punjab suggested to the Governor-General that the Maharani at the time, Jind Kaur, be banished from Punjab. The Maharani was then imprisoned at Sheikhpura Fort. The Maharani was removed from the fort in 1848 and spent the rest of her life in exile in Nepal and thereafter in London. Can't lie, the life and the history of the Maharajas and the Maharanis of this era sound so, so fascinating. That's not what we're talking about here. Our spotlight is on the fort itself. So under the British rule, the fort was used as an administrative headquarters from 1849 to 1851, following which it also served some time as a military outpost. After the partition in 1947, the fort was used by immigrants from Indian Punjab, following which it came into the possession of Pakistan's Department of Archaeology in 1967. No signs of the Mughal-era architecture are now visible except from the main entrance. 
and the only visible structure in the fort is the six-storey habili of one of the previous resident Maharanis. Sadly, the fort is now significantly littered with graffiti and has been victim to vandalism after being sat idle for so many years. The Sheikhpura fort takes the term haunted home to another level. It's more of a haunted palace. The fort is said to be haunted by a number of dark figures which some claim to be the spirits of the Maharanis and the Maharajas that lived there previously. Locals have reported strange paranormal activities and claim to have witnessed unaccountable happenings when visiting the location. Visitors have claimed hearing sounds such as faint screaming and feeling like someone has pushed them. Okay, so similar to Lake Sephalmullock, I watched another episode of Vokyahoga. This one definitely made for a spooky watch. I watched it late at night and I had to turn all the lights on going up to bed. To start with, the team can hear a lot of random noises whilst walking around the building and bricks and rocks being thrown around. The building is old and dilapidated with lots of rubble lying around so it isn't impossible that someone has actually kicked something accidentally when they've been walking around. The team hear sounds of growling and also hear sounds of faint screaming like that reported by other visitors to the location. The fort has big heavy doors with chains attached to them and the doors can be heard moving and the chains banging against them. But you can see there are lots of bats residing in the building so it could be very possible that any movement is because of them. So one of the more standout bits that the team seen that definitely left me so so spooked like death or goosebump material is when this team spot what looks like a female donning a white gown with dark hair. I have taken some screenshots from the episode and we'll be posting these on our Instagram page so please do take a look or even give the episode a watch. But seeing that genuinely freaked me out so much I had to stop watching. I have never been inclined to go touring around an ancient old building that's fallen to pieces and probably houses many ghosties among other real life horrors like rats and bats. Had I just read the stories of what people have seen at Sheikhpura for I would be less inclined to believe it and I'd be a lot more dubious about such things. However, having seen the paranormal activity on Vogahoga, I am much more leaning towards believing what's going on. I know things like sounds etc can be explained away, but a full-on apparition. You can literally see this damn lady standing there. I know you could say it could be a fourth person they've set up, but the fear on the guy's face really make you think otherwise. Did that give you the spooks? Did you get any goosebumps during that one? Okay, let's give it one last go. Last but not least, I want to tell you about Shamsha Ghat in Hyderabad. Shamsha Ghat is a crematorium in the Hyderabad region of Pakistan. It is a place for the burning and burial ritual for the Hindu population within the region. The crematorium itself is around 250 years old and said to be haunted by the spirits of those who haven't been able to leave Earth. Guards and staff claim that they have seen two small children in the area and in and around the crematorium. The children are never seen during the day and typically come out to play after sunset. The guards have claimed to chase after the children, who just seem to disappear into thin air. The guards will close and lock the gates at night to make sure no one can get in, referencing that the walls are too high for anyone to climb if they tried to, but they would still see the children appear. The guards of the crematorium have also reported hearing the sounds of people weeping coming from within the crematorium. The team at Vogahoga have also visited this location and managed to capture quite a lot of freaky instances. Firstly, the team spot a white figure being type of thing crouching down behind a bush. Again, I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram so you can see for yourself. You can make out the figure and it's actually really, really creepy. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it again. 
The team pull out an EMF reader which starts bleeping like no one's business as they get closer to the spot where they've seen the being. When wandering around the place, they've also heard screaming and the sound of things moving around the grass and the greenery. But could that just be animals moving in the night? One of the team leading the investigation has his phone in one hand and a device of some kind in another and all of a sudden he yells and the objects fall out of his hand. He claims that he felt something pushing heavily down on his arm causing his belongings to fall to the ground. So that's what we've heard and seen from the Volkehoga team at Shamshankart. But I have another story to tell you from an individual that has been there. On the 29th of March 2016, an individual was walking past Shamshankart at around 10pm. Whilst walking past the gates of the crematorium, he saw a child inside behind the gate sitting crying. Despite his reservations, he could see a crying child, so he went over to see the child to try and help. But when he got closer, the child disappeared and a shower of rocks began to fall on top of him. He panicked and tried to run away, but when he turned around to do so, all directions looked the exact same and he couldn't figure out which way he was supposed to be going. The individual recalled that he began to recite some Islamic prayers after which the shower of rocks stopped and he was able to find his way away from the crematorium. But it didn't stop there. As he walked away from the crematorium, he could hear a distorted voice shouting his name and laughing maniacally. (laughs) Cemeteries, crematoriums, that kind of thing are pretty freaky during broad daylight. Fast forward a few hours into the pitch black and it just screams trouble, quite literally according to some of the stories. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Sinister Subcontinent and thank you for tuning in. The next episode will feature another real-life listener story. These ones seem to be a bit of a hit. In the next listener story, a couple go for a late-night drive through a country park that turns into a bit of a nightmare. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the follow button to be notified of the release of the next. If you'd like to submit a story to be read out on the podcast, then head on over to the Instagram page, The Sinister Subcontinent and you can find details on how to do so. Keep an eye on your notifications for the release of the next episode. See you there!